The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Since the number one. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining me on today's episode of The Nick and Nolan Show. I am your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. And you're wondering right now why you're not listening to the typically dulcet tones of my co host, Nick Bat. You can find him on Twitter at N I C K B A T. Well, let me tell you a story. Pull up a chair. Last night, Nick and I recorded a wonderful pod. Right. Regarding the wide receiver six spot on this team. And we lost the entire audio and it was unpleasant and I'm in a foul mood about it. So if I seem a little crabby, there's a reason for it. And then we have huge scheduling conflicts, so we can't get together and record another one. We tried to record it virtually a little bit. That didn't work either. So you know what? You're stuck with me. Sorry, guys. You're going to have to deal with it for today. But the show is going to go on. We are going to plow through this content because I promised you I would get it to you, and I do what I say I'm going to do. On today's episode of The Nick and Nolan Show, we want to talk about the wide receiver six spot on this team. First off, let's just talk about how wonderful it is that we can even have a discussion about the wide receiver six spot and not the wide receiver three spot. The fact that there is a battle for a roster spot that is wide receiver six and not a battle for a starting spot between two undrafted free agents that we're hoping come in and rescue us is a testament to the depth that this team has now relative to the depth that it had previously. So let's just take a second and appreciate that. Okay, I took a second and I appreciated that. Now we're going to move on. The first foundational question that I think we have to answer as part of this discussion is, will the Bills even keep six wide receivers? There's really no point in discussing who the sixth wide receiver will be if we do not think that there's a chance they're going to actually keep Six. I do think they're going to keep six, and I'll tell you why. Well, we kept six last year, and we kept six last year going into a regular season with Nathan Peterman as a starting quarterback and an offense that wasn't designed 
the same way that it was at the end of 2018. At the end of 2018, the Bills' offense spread the field more than it did at the beginning of 2018. So, at the beginning of the year, the necessity of carrying six wide receivers wasn't quite there, but we still did it anyway. Now, after the success of Josh Allen, relatively speaking, at the end of 2018, there's even more reason to carry six receivers than there was last year. I don't see a reason why you would keep six last year, knowing what you knew going into the year, but then not keep six this year, also knowing what you know going into this year. The next logical question is, could they keep seven? Sure. Yeah. They could absolutely keep seven. I'm not expecting them to keep seven, and I would be moderately surprised if they did, but it's not absolutely outside the realm of possibility they could keep seven, given Josh Allen's prowess. Can I go as far as to say prowess? I'll allow it. With multiple receivers on the field in spread formations, thus making it easier for him to diagnose defenses. So they absolutely could keep seven wide receivers. For the purposes of this discussion, we are going to assume they will keep six. And that means we're going to have to make some tough decisions. The hardest choices require the strongest wills. We are going to have to narrow this down from seven to three. It's going to be daunting, but if you hang with me, we can do it together. Here are our contestants. Cam Phillips, Isaiah McKenzie, Nick Easley, David Sills, Ray Ray McLeod, Duke Williams, Victor Bolden Jr. As I mentioned earlier, in previous years, these could have been the candidates for wide receiver three. The fact that they're candidates for wide receiver six means Brandon Bean did a good job of keeping the cupboard stocked, but we're still going to have to cut some good football players. So let's start with the top and let's rule out the people who we think are going to be a step behind in this competition. And I have four names that I think we can effectively rule out. The first name that we're going to rule out is Victor Bolden Jr. Victor Bolden Jr. was actually running with some of the first team in the spring, but it was because of injuries to wide receivers above them. Since then, we haven't seen him get the run that he was getting run previously. Victor Bolden is a speed receiver, and I don't think he gives you anything that you cannot effectively get from other players on the roster. So, Victor Bolden, you're the first one to go. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. The next one to go is Nick Easley. And this one hurts me a little bit because I have a personal fondness for Nick Easley. I was first introduced to Nick Easley when I was watching TJ Hawkinson play. And I said, well, who's this guy? And I actually thought he could have been drafted. He could have been drafted in the late rounds as a developmental slot receiver. If we had room for a developmental slot receiver on our team, Nick Easley would be the spot. You get the Easley Beasley connection. It'd be amazing. There'd be 26 shirts made of the Easley Beasley connection, and we'd have so much fun with the office jokes, and it would be amazing. But unfortunately, he doesn't make the cut this time around. The next person we are going to rule out is Cam Phillips. Cam Phillips, practice squad player from last year, actually spent a little bit of time on the 53-man roster, has 
developed a lot from year one to year two. But I don't think, based on what we're looking at right now, that he is going to make the 53-man roster. He's not running with higher tiers of players. He's not getting that same coach publicity that other receivers are getting. This pod is intended to be predictive. We're going to guess what we think will happen based on the data we're seeing. And I don't think Cam Phillips is getting the hype, is getting the pub, is getting the run, is playing with the right levels of players that would indicate he's going to make the 53-man roster. The last one is going to break the hearts of Bill's embedded fans everywhere, and that is Mr. David Sills. I do not think Mr. David Sills is going to make this 53-man roster, and I'll tell you why. Physicality. It has been a consistent mantra from Bill's beat reporters and from observers that David Sills lacks the physicality to be able to play at this level right now. You'll notice I said right now, and that's important because we're going to come back to it. David Sills is a converted quarterback who was a big body receiver. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. A big body receiver in the Big 12. If you are putting your hat on big body contested catches and you don't have physicality, eh, may not be quite the space for you right now in the 53-man roster in the NFL. But I think there's a path to the practice squad for David Sills. I think with a year of learning the craft more, with a year of making sure that you get NFL strength and nutrition coaching, I think he can be a perfectly reasonable NFL receiver. And I would be willing to take those chances with the raw materials that are David Sills. I think he's a practice squad player. I also think Nick Easley's a practice squad player. If I could pick two of these guys to put on the practice squad, it would be Easley and Sills, and I hope the team agrees with me. So we have eliminated four, and that leaves three. Isaiah McKenzie, Ray-Ray McLeod, Duke Williams. The final three. It's time to make some really tough decisions. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to have a discussion about these final three receivers. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of The Nick and Nolan Show. I am your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. You can find my co-host, Nick Bat, on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T. Well, guys, we're almost there. 
We have narrowed it down from seven wide receivers to three. And we're going to try to decide what we want our final wide receiver roster spot to look like. We're going to go through this one by one. We're going to go through each prospect and try to decide why they could make the roster and why they couldn't make the roster. Let's start with Isaiah McKenzie. A very good place to start. Why is Isaiah McKenzie a potential to make this roster? He wasn't even on the team at the beginning of last year. Why am I even thinking about having Isaiah McKenzie on this team? If he makes this squad, it'll be for one reason and one reason only, and that is Josh Allen. Josh Allen has chemistry with Isaiah McKenzie. And let's be honest, when you have a second-year quarterback that you are putting your hopes and dreams on, that's all you need. If he likes you, and if he has chemistry with you on the field, and if he feels comfortable throwing you the ball, that's got to carry some weight. And for the team, that could carry the most weight. It could not matter what else I say from this moment on in the entirety of this podcast, because that one thing is true. If it's really a binary, Josh has chemistry with him or Josh doesn't have chemistry with him, it's going to be Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie operated well with some of those underneath routes. He can be a gadget player and Josh Allen has chemistry with him. Josh Allen felt good about throwing him the ball at the end of last year. Now, this begs the question, why did Josh Allen feel comfortable throwing him the ball at the end of last year? Maybe it was because he didn't have any other options. Maybe the fact that he has John Brown and Cole Beasley now, and another year of Robert Foster under his belt, maybe that means that the chemistry that he showed with Isaiah McKenzie doesn't matter as much anymore. Maybe that's a possibility. But if that still matters, then this will always be an option. You cannot rule out Isaiah McKenzie as long as you can check the box for he has chemistry with Josh Allen. But maybe that's not enough. Maybe that's not the only thing that matters. Why would Isaiah McKenzie not make this team? Well, quite frankly, because he got usurped. You just got jammed. The things that Isaiah McKenzie did in the absence of playmakers last year for the Buffalo Bills in 2018 aren't necessary to be done by Isaiah McKenzie anymore. You have Cole Beasley for the underneath stuff. You have John Brown as an additional vertical threat. You have Ray Ray McLeod with the development. Maybe Isaiah McKenzie isn't special anymore. Maybe that chemistry with Josh Allen really doesn't mean much because quite frankly, he didn't have anywhere else to go. Maybe that's the only thing he gives you is this perception of chemistry. And there's really no other reason to keep him. There's lots of checks against Isaiah McKenzie. The fact that he has significant ball security problems. The fact that he has a very small frame. The fact that you can't do a lot of things with him and he's kind of a niche player. Those are the reasons why Isaiah McKenzie might not make this roster. So even though he has chemistry with Josh Allen, that might not be enough. The next man on this list is Duke Williams. Why on earth are we having this discussion about Duke Williams? Well... He flashed in the game against the Panthers. He had a good game, and all of a sudden, you're starting to hear the coaches talk about him. Joe Marino mentioned that Chad Hall said, you know, Duke's doing a really good job. And 
he flashed. So maybe it's just a prisoner of the moment thing, but we're noticing more pub and more run from Duke Williams now than we were earlier in camp. Earlier in camp, it was, well, you know, until the pads go on, we're not really going to be able to tell. Well, the pads went on, and slowly but surely, here comes the ascension of Duke Williams. Plus, Duke Williams gives you something that other people don't give you, that physicality that he offers. Duke Williams flat out said, I want to take their soul. Your soul is mine. When referring to the people he was playing against. That's strong terminology, but that dog mentality, you can use that on your team. I don't care if it's a wide receiver two or a wide receiver six. You give me players like that every day of the week. People who just want to block the crap out of you and bury you. And don't dismiss the blocking thing. That means Duke could play special teams. I'm going to keep an eye on Duke on special teams during the third and fourth preseason games because I want to see whether or not they're auditioning him the way I think they're auditioning Captain Munderland to be able to play on special teams. That physicality doesn't just apply to special teams and blocking. It also applies to physicality at the catch point, which is something you don't get from any other wide receiver on this roster. Duke Williams is what we wanted Andre Holmes to be or what we wanted Kelvin Benjamin to be during that catch from Matt Barkley against the Panthers. In that one moment, we said that, that right there, that's what we wanted Kelvin Benjamin to do. That's what we wanted Andre Holmes to do. If that skill set and having it on the roster is a desirable trait to the coaching staff, then they're going to take Duke Williams because nobody else gives you that. Zay Jones gives you a little bit of size, but he's the biggest receiver you have on the roster. Sean McDermott called them the Smurfs. There's a reason why this is important. It's because he gives you a trait you don't have elsewhere. You don't have this trait anywhere else on the roster. Now, what if that trait doesn't matter? We need to talk about this because Josh Allen was at his best when he didn't have Kelvin Benjamin, when he didn't have Andre Holmes. He was at his best with smaller separation receivers. The Carolina Panthers are going through this transition as well. They had Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funchess, the Twin Towers, and they're moving away from that to Torrey Smith and Curtis Samuel. And maybe they're figuring out what the Bills are also figuring out, that their quarterback works better with smaller separation receivers. So yes, Duke Williams absolutely gives you that trait you don't get elsewhere. But what if that trait doesn't matter? What if that trait doesn't jive with Josh Allen? Maybe it only jives with Matt Barkley, in which case, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. If Matt Barkley jives and has chemistry and knows how to throw a specific route and knows how to throw to a specific type of receiver, that's not a good enough reason to keep him on the roster because hopefully Matt Barkley doesn't see the field. And if he does, something has gone horribly wrong. So yes, there's a trait. But does that trait matter? The next man to talk about is Ray Ray McLeod. Why would Ray Ray McLeod make this team? I'll level with you. It's not a lot of on-field stuff. Ray Ray McLeod has done fine. But I don't see a reason why you would keep Ray Ray McLeod instead of Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie gives you all the things that Ray Ray gives you on the field, but with slightly less size and the addition of chemistry with Josh Allen, as I previously mentioned. Ray Ray is not an exceptional athlete. He still has the ball control issues. He still has a smaller frame. But there's another reason why you would keep Ray Ray. And it's a culture thing. Ray Ray came in last year and was very clearly not where the coaching staff wanted him to be. 
But during his exit interview, they gave him specific things to work on. He did them. He came back. He worked hard. He's growing in the process. He's a draft pick of this regime. And the coaching staff wants to show people that that guy right there, Mr. Ray Ray, that's what it looks like. When you show up and you do what we tell you to do and you get better, you're rewarded. We give you opportunities. We let you make this team. We let you contribute. We trust that you're going to continue the trajectory that you are on. Ray Ray, quick side note, if you're keeping someone based on hair, obviously Ray Ray's your man because he has fantastic hair. But I personally don't see a reason why you would keep Ray Ray over Isaiah McKenzie for on the field premises but there's more important things than just that there's other things associated people say gosh why would I ever keep this player over this player why would I keep a lesser player there's lots of reasons why you would keep a lesser player I discussed it on Twitter you might keep them because they do better on special teams you might keep them because they're better for the locker room you might keep them because they're better leadership you might keep them for lots of reasons There's lots of reasons why you would keep a player who is actually of lesser talent. And there's a fairly significant reason why you would keep Ray Ray over Isaiah McKenzie. He gives you a lot of that same stuff, but he's a homegrown talent. He's not a Band-Aid that Isaiah McKenzie was. He's a homegrown talent who earned his spot. And if you think that stuff doesn't matter, I think you don't know Sean McDermott. Boom. Roasted. I think that you can make an argument that culture matters at the bottom of the roster more than it does at the top of the roster. Because at the top of the roster, you have talent that is easy to overcome flawed culture prospects. If you have someone who's a little bit of a headache and they're competing for your starting running back job, it's a little different than if you have someone who's a little bit of a headache and they're competing with your 53rd roster spot. I think there's less tolerance at the bottom of the roster than there is at the top of the roster. So that stuff has to play into this. I don't know personally what Duke Williams, Ray Ray McLeod, and Isaiah McKenzie are like in this locker room. But I guarantee you it's a factor in Sean McDermott's decision. So we've been through why each one of the three of these receivers could make the team. And we've been through why each one of these three receivers could not make the team. It's time for predictions. We are going to start with what I want to happen. And in order, this is my prioritization from three to one. Three, you probably guessed, Ray Ray McLeod. Two, Isaiah McKenzie. One, Duke Williams. Number one in my heart, number one in my soul. I want Duke Williams to make this roster. The reason I want him to make the roster is because I think there's value in that skill set. And I think if Josh Allen doesn't know how to utilize that skill set, then that's on Josh Allen to learn how to utilize that skill set. But I think checking that box, maybe I'm a little bit retentive, and I just want that box checked because we don't have it checked elsewhere on the roster. Maybe it's too easy. Maybe this is too simplistic to think of it this way. But I think if you have a big-bodied receiver who knows how to play the position— who is willing to block his butt off, is willing to play on special teams, and provides you with something that you can't get elsewhere, I think that's worthy of a sixth wide receiver spot over people with duplicate skill sets. That's what I want to have happen. However, this pod isn't about what I want to have happen. I just wanted to put it in there so you would have to listen to it. This pod is predictive, so I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. I think Isaiah McKenzie's getting that spot. 
I think Isaiah McKenzie's getting that spot because really, this is all about Josh Allen. We modified the offense for Josh Allen. We changed everything for Josh Allen. We got Josh Allen weapons. We had specific holes in his game. Hey, he needs to be able to take the easy money. Great. Who's the best easy money receiver we can think of? Cole Beasley. Let's sign him. Josh Allen needs more protection. Let's get him. This is all about Josh Allen, which means everything I just mentioned about Duke Williams doesn't really matter to the coaching staff. I think it's going to be Isaiah McKenzie specifically because I think the binary of do they have chemistry with Josh Allen or do they not have chemistry with Josh Allen? I think it's too much. I think that it's too great and Isaiah McKenzie is going to get the spot. I think ideally they would like some of that chemistry to show up with other people, but I haven't seen Ray Ray really run with Josh that much. I haven't seen Duke Williams really run with Josh that much, but I have seen Isaiah McKenzie Run with the first team in three wide receiver sets on occasion when other receivers were down. It tells me he's ahead on the depth chart. And as long as he's ahead on the depth chart, he's going to continue to show chemistry with Josh Allen. And as long as he continues to show chemistry with Josh Allen, he's going to get a spot at this team. Now, I mentioned earlier that they might keep seven. It's not crazy for them to think about keeping seven. If they kept seven, you only can pick two of these three. Somebody's got to go. I think Isaiah and Ray Ray are fighting for one spot and Duke is fighting the alternative because I think Isaiah and Ray Ray are too redundant as far as skill sets go for both of them to make the team. If seven made the team, I think Duke Williams is immediately in because the seventh spot will be occupied by either Ray Ray or Isaiah and the sixth spot will be Duke or the sixth spot will be Isaiah or Ray Ray and the seventh spot will be Duke. But I don't see a reason why you would keep both Isaiah and Ray Ray. So to recap, we started with seven. We narrowed it down to three. And from that three, we decided, I decided, you didn't really get a say in it, that I thought Isaiah McKenzie would get the wide receiver six spot, but that in my heart of hearts, I wanted Duke Williams to get the spot. It's not just the physical skill set. It's also the background. It's the story. It's the fact that it would be an amazing triumph of somebody who really struggled and kind of rose from the ashes. But from an X's and O's standpoint, I want us to be able to have that type of receiver on the team, and we currently don't. And if we don't keep him, the closest thing we have is Zay Jones. And I'm not comfortable with looking to Zay Jones as that type of receiver for us. I want to keep Duke, but I think they're going to keep Isaiah. Well, folks, we made it. We made it through a Nick and Nolan show that was at half strength today. And hopefully soon, we'll be back with you, together reunited as one. But we appreciate you sitting down and having a discussion with us today about wide receiver six. Please reach out to me on Twitter. Reach out to Nick on Twitter. Let's have a discussion about this. Let's keep it reasonable, but let's have a discussion. And if you like what we're doing, head over to the iTunes store. Give us a rating. Tell us what you think. Nick and I have made changes already to this show based on the feedback that we've got. Now, be nice about the feedback, but... We have changed it because we want to do this for you. This is the reason why we do it. We do it because you want to consume it and we want to give you what you want. So head over to the iTunes store, give us a rating, write a couple sentences in there, tell us what you think about what we're doing, and let's keep this party going. And I appreciate you coming 
and meeting with me today and having a discussion. And as always, until next time. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha-cha. <laughs>